0: good evening, brothers and sisters, evening all to those who are watching online. We're going to continue with our theme of uh, prophecy for the uh, next 15 minutes or so. Um, Well, we just heard about um, when Jesus was asked the question in, um, was it Matthew 24, about what shall be the signs of his coming and how he went, um, Brother Jacob just went through a lot of the signs that were given, were spoken at the time, Jesus said, and um, we also read that we were advised or told to watch for these signs. Um, and we think about all the years that have passed, thousands of years passed since Jesus was here, and some of the prophecies we actually talk about were given before Jesus actually came, even came to the earth, you know, um, 600 years uh, before Jesus arrived and you could just imagine throughout the years people who had access to the word of god picking up the bible or picking up these scriptures and reading through them and just trying to imagine how these things would come together not seeing them in the in the world they were living in and and trying to picture how all these things would come to pass or to be together in the one time and um the scripture up here in daniel is sort of written in these ways. It's sort of saying, well, these things will come. It's not now, but there will be a time where it will be all coming together. And we live in a time where we can actually see these things that, um, all throughout these thousands of years, anybody who would have got into the prophecies of the Bible wouldn't have been able to say, so you can now see how it's now in this, in the world that we live in. But we can say that. Basically, for the last 100 years, these things have been moving into place. And it's plain to see. As clear as the nose on your face, they would say. So, we've heard briefly mentioned last night the uh, doomsday clock. Those who are familiar with this, um, the this was made during the Manhattan Project, the scientist who created the atomic bomb, and uh, it's been moved back and forth throughout, um, you know, since then. But um, recently they've moved it to the closest to midnight uh, that it's ever, ever been. And um, I sent this um, little news clipping to uh, the pastors actually during, we have our WhatsApp group and I put it on the WhatsApp group and um, I got a reply from one of our pastors. Uh, he said, yes, he said, the closer it is to midnight the more sleepier people are. And um, it's sort of, I don't know, i would it's a bit of a paradox to see that even though so many of these things are coming together, somehow the preaching of these things um, in some cases makes people be more uh, ignorant to them and to sort of more to put them to one side and just to wave them away. So we have this incredibly exciting time on the one hand where there's this excitement that Jesus Christ could return anytime soon and on the other side we've got, um, I don't know, this really sort of relaxed view about all these things and people just trying to get on with their lives and not really paying too much attention to this. A bit like the time of Noah, which of course was also uh, a time of destruction in the Bible uh, where many people were lost and only a few were saved and that's where we want to be. And also we want to bring others along to that point where they can be saved as well. When Jesus said to watch for these signs, well, where can you watch for these signs? You're probably going to read the news. And, of course, news is an interesting business, not that I'm in it, but um, there's all sorts of you know uh, views that are being put there and conspiracies and misinformation. But it's the place where we need to go to see what's happening in the world. And I've got a few newspaper articles here, one is from the Hungarian president, Orban Viktor. You might have heard of him. Uh, Hungary is placed in a very precarious place in Europe, you know, between the West and the East. And uh, this article is, these, these articles are just from this week, I think, most of them. I think this is from the 31st of March, 2023. And um, I'll, you can read it here, but I'll just read it out maybe for those online as well. It says, when Europe and American leaders say that if this continues, we could end up in... Third World War, in the Third World War, talking about the war in Ukraine, it seems incredibly exaggerated at first, right? But it says, from where I work, and from where I see these events, this is a, this, uh, this is a real danger at this moment. Okay? Um, and there's many communicate, many news articles you could read along the similar lines. And the question is, really, Do we believe this can happen? Is this a real possibility? You know, what we would refer to as the third world war or really it means the end of the world. And if we would ask this question to other people, we would get a variety of responses. We'd say some people would say no, some people would say yes, some people would say maybe, some people would say definitely. And I suppose if we ask ourselves this question as well, um, you know, we would uh, hear our own response. What do we think? I think. That, I think it's definitely going to happen. Um, the prophecies, what's going on in the world—it's so clear. You couldn't have made this up. You couldn't have thought two thousand five hundred years ago to talk about something which is happening today in our world. How would you have known? How any man or woman would have been able to make anything like that up at all? It has to be, you know, God behind it all. God. Uh, who, who given us this warnings to see that this is going to happen. So this is going to be a, actually a video. This is from a German news channel called, uh, what's it called again? WDW. I don't know what it is in German. Deutsche. Yep. Okay. I don't know what the W stands for. Volkswagen, maybe. Um, <laughs> and just to sort of see a little bit how, you know, how these things have been communicated on our news, so hopefully you can all hear it and it all goes well. Nuclear weapons are at the top of the agenda in talks between the leaders of Russia and Belarus. Belarus, Belarusian leader Alexander Lukashenko is in Moscow for a second day of meetings with Russian President Vladimir Putin. The two are expected to focus discussions on plans to station short-range tactical nuclear weapons on Belarusian soil. The plans have drawn international condemnation and the Kremlin says Belarusian forces are now in Russia for training with the weapons. Belarus's authoritarian leader Alexander Lukashenko said the nuclear weapons weren't just for show. The Ukrainians believe that they will win. This is nonsense. It is impossible to defeat a nuclear power. If the Russian leadership realizes that the situation threatens the collapse of Russia, the most awful weapons will be used. The United Nations Disarmament Affairs Chief has warned that the risk of nuclear war in Europe is higher than at any point since the end of the Cold War. And that's something that we actually do hear quite a lot. Um, the risk of nuclear war is higher than what it, it ever has been. Um, we have to understand, I suppose, that after the Second World War, where nuclear weapons were used for the first time, there were a lot of treaties, um, three, two or three really significant treaties came into being signed during the Cold War um, from you know, the USSR and, and uh, the, the United States of America. And these treaties put, you know, we call them arms control, and it's not by chance we call them arms control because they put some sort of control on how many weapons were being developed, what type of weapons were being developed, how far they could project these weapons, you know, uh, throughout uh, air, uh, how far they could travel. And um, these treaties have been abandoned basically in the last um, well five to ten years. Uh, one significant treaty, the INF Treaty was abandoned by the United States and um, with this now what we're seeing is that again there is the possibility to really um, create uh, new weapons and to carry them further and to make them harder to be uh, detected and to be shot down if they were, were actually used um the thing about i find about these, you know the situation we have at the moment not trying to get into all the politics of it but there's always these different views on the definition of things so we heard in this news clip that russia would use it if they saw that their state was threatened but what the americans would say threatens the the the, the russia would be different from what the russians would say would threaten russia and actually, both countries at the moment, if you listen to the news, both Russia and America say they're both keeping international law. You'll always hear them refer to international law requires us or allows us to do this. And the other side says exactly the same. So there is this, um, this difference in the definite, in what they believe is the definition of these, you know, these things like defying what does a threat to Russia actually mean. And this is something which has just happened towards the end of um, February. This is the 21st of February. Uh, Under one of these treaties, the New START Treaty, uh, Russia and America shared information on nuclear weapons. And Russia has decided not only to put tactical nuclear weapons into Belarus, um, which in Hungarian is actually called White Russia. That's the name for Belarus in uh, Hungarian. But they've also decided they're going to stop sharing information And, uh, you can just see in the bottom of that slide there, you know, what that actually means. That there's going to be no day-to-day notifications on movement of nukes. So this, they was, they were sort of required to report before. Whether they did or not all the time, who knows? But at least there was an official requirement that they do. They would be, uh, they would exchange information on nuclear stockpiles. So under the New START Treaty, both Russia and America were limited to 1,500 nuclear weapons each. That sounds still quite a lot, but under the Cold War, they were up to like 10,000, 11,000, 12,000 each, so 1,500 was actually quite a big reduction. Um, America says they'll still report their stockpiles, even though Russia has abandoned this treaty. Russia says it will do it no more, but that means that they could officially go way beyond or beyond the 1,500 nukes each. And some analysts are saying this is actually quite a... Um, uh, victory for the United States because they're looking at facing two nuclear super, two nuclear powers in the future, Russia and China. So for the, the Americans, it actually would make sense if they would increase their nuclear stockpile to be able to deal with both at the same time. But that's gone away. But the one I've highlighted here in the bottom is that um, there's going to be restricted information on missile launches. So. What that actually means now is that before, if, say, Russia was going to test a nuclear missile or missile capable of carrying a nuclear warhead, they would inform the Americans. So when the Americans detected this, they would see it flying through the air and they said, oh, it's okay, it's only a test. All right Now it's possible that the Russians will go ahead and make a test and the Americans won't know. They'll be having to watch it fly through the air and see where it goes. They have to do that now with North Korea as well. North Korea doesn't announce these things beforehand either. But you can just imagine how close things are coming. There may be something going wrong. And we saw not recent, not long ago, an American drone was hit by a Russian warplane; Both were lost. It just makes like the thing called miscalculation. They just didn't, you know, went too close. That's why these things were put in place to make sure they can't get close like that. Now these things are being let go. Well, on the subject of China, it's issued a grim warning for a possible World War III following Russia's announcement to deploy nuclear weapons in Belarus. Uh, To discuss, we're joined by Malcolm Davis, senior analyst at the Australian Strategic Policy Institute in Canberra. Malcolm, good morning to you. It's a dire warning on a Monday morning, isn't it? Uh, Just how real is the threat? Look, I think it is a concern. Uh, We're in the most dangerous period in really human history since the end of the Cold War with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And Moscow keeps on rattling their nuclear sabres, so they seem to be content to drive up the tensions, and the risk is that at some point uh, Putin, in facing defeat in Ukraine, could actually think about using them. So I think the Chinese warning is directed mainly at Moscow, basically saying to Putin, don't even try and think about it. So what happens if Russia continues down the path there? That um, was from last Monday. So that was actually this week, Monday, um, that, that news clipping. China, of course, seeing these things, um, seems to be warning Russia, look, don't think about it. <laughs> All right? um, now, how does the other side think? We get a lot of, our, of course, our news through the Western media. Uh, when I was living in Hungary, I had the privilege of seeing a lot of the news from maybe uh, not so filtered news from the other side. But uh, this I picked up just during the week as well. Um, this was a, a talk show on, on, on Russian television talking about this new weapon that they've got. Apparently there's, it's a weapon like the Americans don't have, this what's it called, thermobaric missile. They come up with some really good names, don't they, uh, for these weapons? Um, that's what that one's called. And you can just see this bit underlined here in red from a, a, Twitter, tw- a Twitter Twitter tweet, that's what they call those things. Um, it says, God has chosen Russia to be the weapon of his judgment. That was uh, mentioned by this um, this state TV presenter there which sort of maybe shows you they're not thinking like us. You know, we're sort of thinking in this way and we sort of think this is logical and, you know, that. but I suppose I've never travelled to Russia. I've been to Ukraine a number of times. But when you actually go to a place, you actually get a sense of how they think. And something like this gives us a little bit of a, an insight maybe. Could they really believe this to be true? That somehow they're, they're bringing God's judgment upon the world? And of course, I'm not going into the prophecies tonight about, um, you know, um, all the ins and outs of it because there's no time, but it's just, um, wanting to show, um, some of the things which are happening now which seem to really fit into the prophecies about, you know, Russia coming down on Israel, etc. And this is something I actually picked up last year. If you Google this, uh, I did it last night, I only find two sites that actually report this. One is, the, one is this one, this is the Times of Israel, and one is another site reporting what the Times of Israel reported. So I don't find this in any of the Western media. Give it a go. If you do, send it to me. But this was just some sort of little piece of news, which doesn't sound really all that interesting um, at first, but it's just saying that American personnel who serve in the armed forces are no longer allowed to travel to Israel for non official reasons without permission. So we've got all this talk about what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. But I think what's important is to see that what this is doing to the world. It's forging new alliances. It's allowing the arms race to be um, you know to pick up again or to start again. Um and but we're not hearing much about Syria, what's going on in Syria. We're not hearing about much about what's going on in Israel except for the protests that have been recent. But there as you as you would know, there are around eighty to 90,000 Russian troops stationed in Syria. The prophecies talk about this great league of nations coming down on Israel. Um, the pretense for the Russians going into eastern Ukraine was that there's a Russian minority who need protection. And in Israel, I um, tried to see, I asked Pastor Graham last night if he knew his uh, information. Uh, in Israel, there's a population of 7 million people, roughly, And from that seven million nine hundred thousand are actually um, from Russian origin. There's a there's a minority also of Russians living in Israel. They got troops just across the border. We're trying to see, you know, what would trigger this, how they would come down upon Israel. But the Americans gave this excuse that it's because of COVID. They had to put this region into a new category, and that's why they can't travel there without permission. But by this time. Covid was not really such a big deal um, to maybe have to, um, you know, require this from their guys from their for the guys and girls from the armed forces to have permission to travel there for non-official reason. Okay, and it's not just about war. Uh, The signs of the times, of course, were a number of other things. One of them was mentioned with earthquakes. This is a tweet which I have for you just now. Is uh, came today that the uh, first earthquakes hit Turkey and Syria. This lady, um, I think this lady is actually the niece, so her, her aunt's in, in Turkey, and she was sent this message and she tweeted it. But it just says, you know, that we woke up as if it was judgment day. <laughs> and, um, you know, all the stuff that was happening there around them during those earthquakes. Well, brothers and sisters, one day people are going to wake up just not like it's judgment day, but it will be. Judgment Day. And, um, you know, that's what we're preparing for, and we're wanting to preach to others. Um, I think maybe just a testimony I'd like to share at the end of all this, because, you know, what's the reason for us, you know, talking like this and bringing these things to our attention is, um, to be able to talk to others about it, to be convinced ourselves, but to also to spread the word. You know, the Lord is returning. And there is a bit of a stigma with that. No one wants to be seen like an old crazy person talking about the end of the world, uh, all the time. And you know, that's exactly the way they would have looked at Noah. And, um, we want to be able to present this to people, you know, in a, in a, in the best way that we can. But in Hungary, um, we had, um, when the assembly started in Hungary, we had our first generation of young people. And, um, one of the girls that was in this generation, a sister called Armida, she actually left the fellowship when she was in her teenage years. And, um, you know, we, um, the family still continued. Her parents still came. Her brother still came for a time and, and also her other sister who's still in the fellowship, Dorina. And she was out in the world. Um, you know, we didn't really know what was happening with her. We didn't follow, of course, anymore how her life was going. But during, um, just before, just as COVID was hitting, um a few years going back from that she started having thoughts about coming back to our fellowship she'd married by this time and uh she was too scared to tell her husband a guy called Arkosh um about her thoughts about coming back to the fellowship but when um russia invaded ukraine um she inside of her it sort of got a bit more real you know that uh, she should be coming back to the fellowship and this thing about um you know this war in ukraine actually uh was interesting for her husband Arkosh so what actually happened, maybe two years ago at an Easter camp like this one, at, at the Easter camp in Hungary, one of our brothers there gave a uh, presentation on uh, the war in Ukraine. They watched it online, and within a day or so, the husband came and was baptized by full immersion. They're now both back in the fellowship, um, expecting their first child. And uh, they're actually in a new uh, satellite uh, um, They're having two new Wednesday night meetings in Hungary in two new locations, and then one of these locations, and people come into the Lord there. So, when we think about these things, maybe it's a bit disturbing for us, maybe we don't, we want to shy away a little bit of this topic, but it can bring people to the Lord, and it can bring people back to the Lord. It's on their minds. And, um, you know, if we, if we know, you know, if we, we can present these things to them, we could see, more people on that day being saved, which is, I suppose, what we want in the end anyway. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you.